Welcome to the Landscape Ontario podcast. I'm your host, Karina Sinclair. The demand for skilled workers in landscape and horticulture seems higher than ever. In response, Landscape Ontario created GROW. If you've never heard about this initiative, GROW is a free government-funded training program. It's been designed to help new workers gain the essential skills needed to find jobs and connect with employers in the green trades. In addition to training new workers, GROW also has programs to help individuals move up the ladder. That's where today's guest comes in. Charlotte Cascioli is a facilitator for the Supervisory Foundations program at GROW. Charlotte's been involved in the landscaping industry since she was a teenager, working alongside her dad in his landscaping company. Now Charlotte is a certified HR leader and has close to 25 years experience with nearly a decade of experience specifically within the landscaping industry. She has developed, implemented, and facilitated a range of supervisory and management workshops, including engagement, culture, recruitment, conflict resolution, and communication. She currently provides HR consulting services to landscape contractors, facilitates HR peer groups, and provides specialized services around temporary foreign workers, as well as engagement, retention of staff, and HR efficiencies. We're going to talk to Charlotte about her role with the GROW program and how she helps participants develop the confidence and communication skills needed to succeed as a leader in the workplace. If you're interested in progressing your career in landscaping and horticulture, stay tuned. But first, a word from our sponsor. Do you have your tickets for Landscape Ontario Congress yet? Congress is Canada's largest and longest running trade show and conference for landscape professionals. With over 400 exhibitors covering more than eight acres, Congress is three days of discovering new products, learning new skills and networking with not only trusted leading brands, but exciting up and coming businesses as well. Our media sponsor, Landscape Trades Magazine, would like to invite you to Congress. Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a VIP promo code. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Landscape Ontario podcast, Charlotte. Let's get right into the conversation. Labor shortages continue to be a challenge for employers. From your perspective as a human resource professional, what do you think would help employers fill their vacant roles? Are they missing something in their current recruitment efforts? I love that question, Karina. And yet definitely we are certainly facing labor shortages still within our industry and just overall. The Canadian Survey of Business Conditions just uh, launched uh, information on this saying that rising inflation, shortage of labor force and retaining and recruiting skilled employees are still the leading challenge that businesses are facing. So how do we respond? Yeah, that's a great question. We really do need to be looking outside of our industry. That's that's one of the suggestions I always make to our to to contractors that I speak to. When you see a resume come through your desk, don't just ex, like don't just exclude that candidate because they don't have landscaping experience. Look beyond that. Even before COVID, our talent pool is shrinking. We need to stop looking for the multiple years of experience and look for aptitude and train the rest. Um, there's definitely a war on talent. And there's higher expectations from candidates because they now have choice. 
There's been some phenomenal stories that I've been able to see and experience in the Growth Supervisory Program of just outstanding supervisors and lead hands that just came completely outside of our industry, uh, like culinary and retail, uh, even GMs and senior managers and business owners completely outside of our industry, fitting right in and building the, uh, the skills from there. So I just think we definitely need to be looking outside of our industry. And often when I talk to contractors, a lot of them already say this, but making sure we hire for attitude versus aptitude, I think that's a really good, important concept to deal with this labor shortage. Again, this is going back to the fact that Landscape Ontario has phenomenal training programs that are very unique, I think, for small and medium businesses, which I think we should be taking full advantage of. We have new entrants that are being trained for four weeks on you know, health and safety and plant ID and weed identification, turf grass. You know, these are things that we don't have time to train people on. So why not make use of this new entrant program? And then when you have, a, when you have an employee that is doing really well in those skills, but also are showing and demonstrating leadership capabilities, why not put them in the supervisory training program? I mean, these are opportunities for you to take advantage of and it's completely free. So, it, and it's a phenomenal program. It's 16 hours worth of training on foundational supervisory skills, uh, along with uh, coaching sessions and intake and goal setting. I mean, this, this is like top-notch training that's being provided free to, to our contractors. So take use of that. And the other thing I would suggest is, is looking outside of our country. We can't always fill positions within Canada, and this is becoming more and more apparent is to expand our talent pools outside of Canada. So seeking talent through immigration sources like foreign workers, uh, something I've been very involved with, uh, just a very helpful thing to add to your roster of employees uh, and to your talent pool options. Now, I want to dive into the GROW program a little bit more, but just for a second, backtrack to where you said the labor pool is shrinking. Why is that? Why aren't there as many people available to take these kinds of roles? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. I think there's just a lot less students going into the trades to begin with. So like the entrance point, there's just a lot less interest for some reason, and I can't put my finger on it because it's an amazing industry. So starting right from the feeder of schools, you have a lot less interest from students going into the trades. And this is this is apparent across all the trades, not just landscaping. A lot of the trades are really losing skilled workers. You mentioned hiring outside of the country. The temporary foreign worker program is definitely something that's gotten a lot of attention, but the the rules seem to be always changing and there's new regulations and and policies. Is that something that you can help companies do or are there people that that can help a landscape company navigate all those changing policies to create a really welcoming environment for those foreign workers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this it's it's really unfortunate that you know, there is an option to bring in temporary foreign workers, but there's a lot of red tape. And, you know, an 18 page form is is quite daunting. And it, it's probably 40 hours worth of work. Um, we've we found or at least I found that <clears throat> that's what I do all the time. I work with multiple clients to bring in temporary foreign workers, provide assistance on how to fill out that form. But more importantly, the business rationale and the posting requirements, the recruitment protocol that needs to be followed in order to justify your case to bring in a a non-Canadian resident worker. So that's a really key piece. But what's really beneficial about this is that the government is, I've never had a negative LMIA 
that's really great news because the government is recognizing that our industry needs workers. And even though we're seasonal in some in some cases, we are demonstrating very successfully that we don't have candidates for our positions. And that's kind of a reality. And I think there's definitely awareness of that reality. And so the, the approvals of the market assessments are being made and candidates are coming across from Barbados, Philippines, Mexico, El Salvador, multiple countries. And I think that's a really great opportunity for our contractors is to expand their talent pool across the borders. And what kind of skills and qualities are these foreign workers bringing into the workplace here? Yes, there's there's definitely a difference in work ethic. Um, they are coming, they are desperate for work. Their employment opportunities are a lot less in their countries. Their unemployment rates are significantly higher, like 30 to 40 percent in these countries versus in Canada. So it's a huge opportunity for these individuals. And so they're just so much more keen to come over, to work hard, to provide for their families back home. And that demonstrates in their work ethic in the organizations that they're part of. Their passion's just that much higher. That's really fascinating. Like, I guess we, we maybe don't appreciate what we have and there's lots of room for, for us within the industry to continue to make it be an attractive place to work. Mm-hmm. When attracting ideal candidates to a company, how important is the culture? You know, what's something that attracts job seekers to a company based on their culture? I, I love that question, too, because I think so many times we just think it's about compensation or benefits or the additional perks. But research time and time again points to job seekers looking for a number of factors, but pleasant working environment and culture is still ranking in like one of the most important components of choosing an employer. You're spending a third of your time at work. You want to make sure that it's a really great culture and employees that are seeking positions and opportunities are still considering that like one of their number one things when they're they're interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them in that interview process. And I think because of that, in order to, again, expand your talent pools, what are you offering to these employees? What are you, how are you setting yourself apart? Would you want to work for your company? Um, so those are the kind of the, kind of the questions I always encourage to think about is what are you offering and are you making it advantageous for them to choose you over another company? And culture is a big part of that. Now, considering a business owner has so many responsibilities and tasks to worry about, what are the risks of not taking the time to invest in company culture? Oh, they're huge. They're huge. I mean, the research even backs that up. I just read the other day that 84% of the value of the 500 largest and most profitable companies comes from the talent, skills, and knowledge, work ethic, and health of its employee. I mean, th- that that's huge. 84% of the value Uh, is coming from their employees, including their work ethic and health of their employees. Company culture is absolutely huge and daily stress still remains at a record high. A majority of the workers are not engaged and companies are going to ask themselves what can be done to foster a strong culture of connection and engagement. If we don't invest in our people, we're not investing in the heart of a successful organization. We have to prioritize the human element of our businesses and recognize that productivity and efficiency come when employees are engaged and inspired and connected to their coworkers. And of course, this all comes from our culture that we're building in our companies. 
We talked about engagement. How could a business owner or people leader recognize the red flags or identify employees that are not fully engaged? What does that look like in a landscaping and horticulture business environment? Right. So when an employee is not really engaged in their in their workplace, they're going to not have discretionary effort. They're going to be very discretionary in where they put their effort and their energy. So they're going to do things like calling in sick frequently. They're going to come in late. They're not going to be fully engaged in your team meetings. They're only going to perform exactly what you say that they're supposed to do in their job. And they're not really going to go outside of that and come up with new ideas for the, for and solutions. They're going to consistently miss deadlines. They're going to lack enthusiasm. There's this terminology that's been floating around lately. And it's called quiet quitting. And essentially it's, it's what it says. It's the employee is just quietly quitting. They're just going to be only giving the bare minimum, you know, uh, in their workday. So they're not going to be going above and beyond for your clients and, you know, maybe seeing that garbage that needs to be picked up and pick that garbage piece up and, um, and make sure their lawn is looking extra superb and maybe moving furniture properly. They're going to just do the bare minimum, cut the grass, get out of there and not give it their full effort. And your company is going to suffer as a result of that. You want to tap into your employee's uh, discretionary effort. And that's that's what building a, a company culture is. And that's why the 500 largest, most profitable companies, it comes from their work ethic and the engagement of their staff. So this situation can be rescued? Absolutely, it can be rescued. Yes, absolutely, it can be rescued. That's good to know that, you know, that there's still a chance to bring in those employees that maybe have just only temporarily checked out, but there's still a chance to bring them into the fold. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It seems like Landscape Ontario's GROW training program, you touched on this earlier, could be really helpful in building some of these critical skills at all levels of an organization. Tell me about your involvement with the foundational supervisory training program that is offered through GROW. Yes, I have the opportunity to facilitate the GROW foundational supervisory program, and it's been a huge, tremendous blessing for me. Really amazing program, 16 hours, like I said, of training, coaching session opportunities. There's a change project embedded into the program. Critical skills are being developed and nurtured. So techniques uh, in building communication and building trust. How does a team form and develop and how do you lead through those changes effectively? How do you manage conflict? Conflict is, is inevitable. It's actually positive, but how do you manage through that conflict? What are some strategies and tools? We talk through that. Building communication skills and understanding barriers to communication. And there's a lot of self-reflective exercises built into the program, which I really love. And we've also built in a lot of case studies that are very relevant to what all of our individuals are facing on a day-to-day basis. In fact, that's what I really love about this program. It's it's quite different from all the corporate training background and training that are facilitation that I've done. Employees typically in a corporate background are told to attend. There's minimum interest and commitment. But in this program, you know, attendees are nominated because of their leadership capabilities. They want to be there. They want to grow and develop. And the owner is often very closely connected to that individual as they go through this program. Does this training work for any kind of landscape business or is it mostly geared towards design build companies? 
It's really for any landscaping, construction, irrigation, hardscape, softscape, maintenance, snow removal. Anyone within this umbrella of our industry is able to attend and participate in this program. We have over 85 participants already signed up, and they're from a wide variety of companies across that industry. Do you have any examples of success stories of people who've come into the supervisory training and uh, moved up in their career? Well, the entire premise of this program is to provide attendees with the knowledge and tools to effectively manage, engage, and empower their team, but also prepare them to assume a leadership role or supervisory role, or give them the skills for a newly assigned leadership role. So a big portion of this program is propelling them into those roles, and they're nominated into the program because they're already demonstrating some leadership capabilities. And this program is just going to propel them to be successful in that leadership role. That's kind of the qualifier thing there. Again, I've seen some really amazing situations where individuals are coming from culinary or they're coming from retail or they were a GM in another company, or even I've had uh, Walmart, Walmart readers or supervisory individuals. They're coming into our industry and they have a lot of skills and they get to learn how do you manage conflict within a team in the landscaping industry? What are some of the things that you're going to experience? And they leave that program feeling very equipped and ready to take on the challenges that they're facing. Another really unique thing about this program is that you're with your peers. And so we often break out into breakout groups or we have case studies and they're comparing Uh, The case studies are very relevant to our industry. They're things that happen all the time. And they get to talk through those situations, come up with solutions together, and learn from their peers as well, which is a very helpful piece in the program. Have you noticed any recurring obstacles experienced by the program participants? Like, are they coming in with the right mindset, or, or have they had a lot, you know, experiences that? create barriers for them moving forward until they take a a program like this? Yeah, great question. I mean, every year we actually review evaluation feedback and we take considerable notice of obstacles that participants come into the program with and we build into the program for the following year to ensure that the content's kept up to date and most uh, beneficial for our participants. I would say the reoccurring obstacle that I've seen, and I don't really think it's an obstacle, I think this is the benefit of the program, is that they're going to be able to build through and work on their confidence or lack thereof. And you know, being new to leadership and managing a team is, is extremely daunting and scary. And do they have the tools to succeed and, and therefore have the confidence to be in that leadership role? A lot of the programming and the learning that they're going to take, and take place in this program is going to infuse that confidence into them. Uh, and the other thing uh, that, I've, that we've really noticed is just how do you handle conflict diplomatically, uh, conflict with a client or a customer that's really difficult to deal with? colleague, even your manager. How do you deal with those conflicts effectively and diplomatically and get to the next level in that relationship and communication? Because conflict doesn't have to end there. It can propel us into a better relationship with those individuals. So those are the two reoccurring things I see. um, But as a result of this program, they're that much more able to succeed in their roles. Yes, certainly addressing conflict can uh, move us into better relationships and not addressing it can just keep something festering and and creating a a low-grade issue, Mm -hmm. a fever, so to speak, throughout a company that's really hard to resolve. Confidence and conflict management definitely go hand in hand. 
Why do you think confidence is such a common problem and how can addressing it resolve workplace conflict? Yeah, I think new supervisors or those in leadership roles can be really shy and they doubt what they have uh, to share and they're fearing what they're saying isn't relevant. I mean, I remember being there in the earlier stages of my career, so it's very close to home for me, giving them the skills to be more confident in what they're bringing to the table is so paramount. And they don't share because there's a lack of confidence, which limits their ability to communicate. When you're self-confident around others, you're, you're definitely more relaxed, you're in control, you're flexible, you treat others well, you have more belief in yourself, and it, you're easier to communicate with, and you're more objective. So all of these things through this program is going to help them build their confidence. You know, I saw it firsthand in our breakout exercises, we would do an exercise with with a group of individuals and they had to individually rate the answers to the exercise and then they had to rate it as a group. And the individual numbers were closer to the right answers than the group was in some cases. And often those individuals, it's because they had the answer, but they were afraid to share it. They were afraid that maybe they were wrong or that they doubted their expertise in a certain area, and they weren't confident to bring that to the table. So to me, that's huge, because then as a leader, if I was managing a team, then I'm missing out on one one or two people in my team because they're not confident to share their ideas. But those ideas could be very, very important to hear. And I want them to be more confident in bringing those ideas to the table. And that just comes through knowing your own self, knowing that what you do bring to the table is very, very paramount. And this foundational program is, I think, just a skill and confidence builder. These skills are not just useful in a, in a job or employment situation, but in life in general. So anyone taking the Grow Supervisory program would emerge as a better person all around, I would think. Absolutely. I mean, even the conflict management, I mean, I have a teenage daughter. So well, there we sad. go, right? Let's <laughs> let's apply this conflict management to my teenage daughter. Yes, yes, it's very it's very relevant to all to our personal lives as well and our relationships outside of work. What are some scenarios where these difficult conversations might come up in a landscaping environment? It might be hard to imagine what's causing these conflicts, but what are the common things that come up in the kinds of businesses that you work with? Well, even the infamous performance review that is quite daunting and can be very confrontational, that's one piece for sure. Even just communicating changes to your employees, uh, a change in work process, a change in a benefit plan, a change in a customer that maybe lost, that they, the company has lost, and now you're having to communicate that to your, to your crew. Client relationships. I mean, COVID was really heightened, right? You had some customers that were just very upset with how the company might be handling COVID or not handling it well enough or uh, not coming to their property. So there was just a lot of conflict in that in those areas. So those are just some examples that I've seen within our industry. But again, um, having the tools to diplomatically handle and communicate and work through those stages of conflict with a client or a customer or, you know, a confrontational performance review uh, or communicating a change. Like we actually have embedded a lot of these scenarios within our program so that it's just real life examples that they're dealing with. And they come up with their own as well. And we work through those as well. So very relevant and applicable. That's great. 
Do you have any favorite resources to recommend to business owners or people leaders who want to build better teams but don't know where to start? Oh, that's a hard question because I love to read and I feel like every resource is awesome. <laughs> uh, but I would have to say that one of my personal favorites is a book that outlines strengths. So I get really weary of focusing on weaknesses of our shortcomings. And research actually tells us time and time again that we need to spend our energy and invest our energy on developing our strengths instead of correcting our weaknesses. So there's a book written by Tom Rath called Strength Finders. It outlines 34 of the most common talents. And there's actually an assessment built into the book. And so you can do it online and it pops out your five strengths that you, I mean, there's multiple strengths that you can have, but your five dominant strengths. And to my younger self, this was a very helpful tool as I maneuvered around different opportunities and responsibilities and work. I just kind of more gravitated and knew where to go with my abilities and my strengths to align with that. And of course, if you focus more on your strengths, you're going to be more likely to be engaged in your job. So there's that word again, Karina, the, the engagement piece. And I often coach clients and individuals on this. You know, everybody has skills and strengths. Why not focus on those and, and create more of a positive environment instead of focusing on the weaknesses of individuals? We all have weaknesses. We're not perfect. But focusing on the positives, and this goes for parenting as well, right? Focusing on the positives, you're just going to get a lot more from that individual and that relationship than if you would focus on the negatives. Uh, another favorite book of mine is um, Frank Laconi's book. It's Working Genius, a groundbreaking model. And he also has an assessment of gifts and frustrations. So he, he talks about in his book kind of like six working geniuses. So wonder, discernment, invention, galvanizing, tenacity, enablement. And then once you identify you know your actual working genius, you also know your working frustrations. So you want to kind of stay away from those working frustrations and you want to stick with the working genius. Really good team environment uh, assessment. This is really helpful because once everybody knows what their working genius is, then you can tap into those individuals at different times within a project or um, a task that you need to do. So for example, I'm a big wonderer. And so I'm not allowed to come in meetings <laughs> when they're executing because I'm just going to throw everybody off and come up with new ideas. So that's just a really helpful thing for me to know, but also for my team to know. I could see that being of great value, uh, especially to identify the gaps of opportunity on a team and, and, what mm -hmm. skills or um, attributes of somebody that you might be looking for to bring into the team specifically, like you said earlier, hiring for attitude, not aptitude. And, and knowing that um, you know, maybe you do need somebody who can think big questions or they're really great at research or they're really good at seeing a project all the way through to the end and making sure that all the boxes are checked without adding new ideas along the way. Uh, those mm -hmm. I, I've been in those in, in work environments where those strengths have been celebrated and that is a really exciting place to be. That's great. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm biased. I'm the facilitator of the program, but you know, if you're not in, if you don't have staff in the grow supervisory foundational program, get them in next year. It's a phenomenal program. Tap into the new entrant program there's just so many resources available. And I know sometimes we're running at 100 miles an hour, but um, just intentionally planning for that next year, I think is a really good business strategy. And then uh, there's also Employer of Choice, which is a phenomenal program. So there's lots of resources available to you. And so I just say, 
jump into them. And the other thing I just wanted to say is a special thank you to an amazing team that's uh, supported me and managed the entire intake process and all the administrative details. Just want to do a big shout out to Vicki Thompson and Hazel Chow. She's, they've both been amazing. So thanks, guys. <laughs> they are really amazing. The, uh, the GROW program and the GROW team are always working really hard uh, to make it a, a better, better experience for everybody. I've spent some time with the new entrants as photographer or videographer. I'll sometimes will join the teams when they're on the grounds of Landscape Ontario and Milton. And I get to witness what they're learning and absorbing. And, and the, the instructors, facilitators are so generous with their knowledge. And the attendees, the students are, you're right, they're from all walks of life, different parts of the country, different parts of the world, different parts in their life stage. And they all have this united desire to create a greener world, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And then to know that they can move from new entrant up to the supervisory training, up to employers of choice, there's a real progression in the career so that you may come in as somebody who trims hedges, weeds a garden, but you can really progress and, and build a lucrative and meaningful career. Absolutely. What is your motivation for helping landscape companies or business owners? Like what drives you? So what drives me is, is employee culture, employee engagement, training people, uh, equipping them, leaders, equipping owners, giving them the tools. I mean, I have, I have a plethora of HR experience. I've been doing this a long time. But I think as I get older, you know, you have you have your strengths and you gravitate towards those, right? So I just I just have a passion for this industry. I have a passion for the wholeness, um, just the green aspect of this industry. I love the individuals in this industry, and I think there's just so much technical skills within our industry, but not as much the how to build a culture and how to engage your employees. And, you know, often it starts with just a truck, a trailer and an owner, and then it builds and grows and grows and grows. And then we, we turn into this awkward teenager and we don't know what to do with all these employees. And so that's my passion is to help and support that, that owner or that manager or that senior leader, or the GM uh, with how do you engage your staff? How do you even know if they're engaged? How, how do you build a, a, an amazing culture and training and development is part of that, which is another passion of mine. I've done a lot of facilitation, um, but facilitation is just a conversation. It's just drawing out information and providing a resource. So that's what I would say drives me. Oh, that's very good. That's a great reason to do what you do. I'm sure our listeners feel ready and energized to continue to improve the culture at their own companies. And hopefully lots of these people leaders will identify some of their employees that would be great candidates for the supervisory program. So hopefully you'll see some of those coming up in your next sessions. That would be great. Thanks, Karina. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. What a great chat. Thank you. I respect, I respect, I respect, I respect, I respect. Did today's conversation get you excited about enriching the culture at your company? I hope you can see that you can't afford to ignore this very essential component of your business. And no matter where you are in your career journey, you have the capacity to be a positive influence within your team. It just takes confidence, a willingness to reflect on your own emotional intelligence, and the dedication to building better relationships through diplomacy and respect. If you would like to learn more about the Landscape Ontario Grow programs, visit the website growtraining.ca. I know the Grow team would be delighted to help answer your questions. 
If you'd like to connect with Charlotte and learn more about her HR insights and services, her email will be in the show notes. For your reference, we'll have a full transcription and relevant links for today's interview on this episode's webpage at landscapeontario.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget that registration for Landscape Ontario Congress is now open. Our media sponsor, Landscape Trades Magazine, would like to invite you to Congress. Go to locongress.com to register and use the VIP promo code LTLOC24 for free passes to the full trade show experience, including the live stage, student gardens, and the tailgate party. Again, that VIP promo code is LTLOC24. Be sure to drop by the Landscape Trades booth for free magazines and pitch your story ideas. We'd love to hear them. Thank you so much again for listening to the Landscape Ontario podcast. We talk to all kinds of innovative and knowledgeable landscape professionals. So be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes for inspiration every month.